0: We've asked you today to talk to us a little bit about creativity and imagination. So many of our parents will write in and say, "My child isn't demonstrating creativity, isn't demonstrating imagination." There are people all over the world who are saying, "Well, they have autism; it's not going to happen." Right? Is that true, or no, can no, we no. teach it? Absolutely, we can teach it. And you know, I, I love that you asked this question because it's kind of a, it's a fun, challenging, interesting question. It's yeah. not it's not your typical ABA question. Right? <laughs> um, so the first thing I'd like to say to your viewer is, um, by the way, every Everyone in the typically developing population, you know, there's a percentage of folks that are not creative at all and are never going to be, right? Not everyone's going to be an artist, not everyone's going to be an actor or a a musician. Um, And some people are totally fine with that, you know? Uh, And so just because your child isn't very creative and they also happen to be on the spectrum doesn't necessarily mean that one causes the other, right? Some folks just aren't that creative and that's okay. So first of all, I'd I'd point that out, right? Um, But if you are interested in in your child becoming more creative and becoming more flexible, becoming more imaginative, maybe less rigid, um, there's absolutely things you can do to work on that. Um, And and the first thing that I'd like to point out is um, what do uh, folks in the typically developing population, what do we do when we want to get better at being creative? Mm. There's classes for that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Take an art class, there's all right? kinds of things that sure. we uh, you can go to an actor's studio, take an acting class, take a creativity class, take an improv class. Um, so, so that in itself shows that very clearly. These are skills that we have as human beings. They're not innate traits that are either caused by autism or the lack of autism, right? Um, certainly, there's uh, uh, brain structures and genetic endowment that you know that contribute to this stuff, right? Yes. Um, but uh, just as much, it's something that's learned through our environment and through interactions with the environment so um, so of course it's flexible of course it's malleable Um, and but like anything else it's going to be a spectrum so if you take the very most rigid kid on the planet right who who has autism spectrum disorder um, can they become more creative absolutely are they going to become a really really creative person who knows maybe not right right? but wherever we start today you know we always talk about this on your show wherever we start today there's potential to get a little bit further in whatever direction we want to go and so if creativity is the direction we want to go there's absolutely potential there okay so for uh, let's take a couple of different instances for somebody who's got a four-year-old sure. and they're looking at the four-year-old and not seeing um, our jargon today was symbolic play and the other mm-hmm. day it was functional pretend play mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so they're not seeing these kinds of things organically from their child mm-hmm. what kinds of things can they do to foster those skills with a four-year-old right okay so uh, the great thing about having a science behind what you do um, for example ABA is that uh, you don't just have to make up theories and try them out you actually have a hundred years years of research on learning and on motivation Uh, today we're really talking about learning how to learn to be more uh, creative Um, and there's actually a lot of research that shows exactly how to make someone more rigid if you want to do that okay and exactly how to make someone more flexible and creative if you want to do that okay okay and so the short answer is if you want someone to be rigid you need to have them do the same thing over and over no matter what Okay? Okay. So, uh, your teaching procedures should be really repetitive, really rote, okay? And that will produce really repetitive, really rote behavior on the part of the child. And there are some times when we wanna do this, right? For example, safety situations, right? Like every single time your child finds a gun left on the coffee table, they should not touch it, they should run away, and they should tell an adult. There doesn't need to be any thinking or creativity involved, right? right? Do the safe behavior, right? Every time they see fire, don't touch it, right? Right. Um, So there are some behaviors that we want really reliably, rote, and repetitive. Um, But most behaviors we don't, and creativity is one that clearly we don't, right? Uh, so to to uh, to get more creative and more flexible behavior going with your child, what you need to do, you and your uh, your child's provider, whether it's a teacher or an ABA therapist, whoever it is, is um, is prompt and reinforce different behaviors. In a variety of different ways, in different settings, using different reinforcers, using a different tone of voice, using different toys. Right? Um, don't do the same thing over and over. Okay. okay. So um, uh, the uh, the play example that you were asking about. Yeah. Um, what we do is, um, you know, you know, sort of like a bad quality ABA program. What they might do is pick one toy and teach the kid to do the same thing over and over with that toy. So give him a fire truck and teach him to go ring, ring, Okay. That would be functional pretend play. Well, you could do that. You could. Prompt that behavior. So show the kid how to do it. Right. When he does it correctly, give him a positive reinforcer. And if you do that over and over, that's the only behavior he's going to do with that the fire truck, and he's not going to be creative. So what you'll want to do instead is, if you want, if you're doing, um, if you're working on, let's say, making sounds with toys, you'd have many different toys. So a fire truck, an airplane, you know, a, a frog, a, you name it, a dog many different toys and you prompt and reinforce more than one different sound for each different toy does that make sense yes. so the so the fire truck could make a siren noise or it could make an engine noise um you know the frog could well i don't know the frog could rib it i don't know what other noises frogs make right but there's right. different things for each object right right so it's not one object and one uh behavior on the part of the child prompt and reinforce a variety of those, mixing them up the entire time as you go, and what you will see is the child does different stuff. And when I say do different stuff, don't do it in the same order, right? Don't right. always do dog, fire truck, fire engine, uh, or whatever. You know, yeah. uh, Mix up the sequence, mix up the order, mix up all the different combinations, and if you want, save some of those combinations of sounds and objects, and don't actually teach them, and see if the kid figures them out on their own. Okay. Or, or, or uh, For some sounds, only teach them with some objects and don't teach those sounds with the other objects. And if you do this, this whole process is called multiple exemplar training. And if you do this properly, what you'll find is that your child will start to use sounds that he learns with one object, he'll start to apply those sounds to a different object even though you never told him to do it, okay? That's creativity. It's the smallest little bit of creativity, but it's creativity. It's a place to build on. It's a place to build on. It's the kid coming up with his own idea of how to use a toy. Wow. And so you start there, and of course, like everything else with all human learning, uh, whether you call it ABA or not, you start simple and you get more complex.